Welcome to the podcast, Science of High Paid, High Performing, Happy Engineers. The show to help engineers develop all skills non-technical. My name is Aditya Gute and I'm a speaker and a performance coach for engineers to transform them into rock stars because I believe there's a rock star hiding inside each one of you and it just needs to be brought outside to uncover your full potential as an engineer. Hey guys, welcome to the show. Welcome Piyush. Today we have Piyush Malik on our podcast. He is an aspirational leader because he has the career trajectory that many engineers aspire to have. He kicked off his career as electronics and telecom engineer after graduating from one of the top schools in India, the IIT, and moved up the ranks, now serves as an executive entrepreneur, board advisor, and business transformation practitioner in the domain of emerging technologies. He's currently working as a senior vice president at an AIML startup in the Silicon Valley and focuses on all things related to machine learning and data analytics on the cloud. Welcome. It's an honor to have you on our show today. Glad to be here. Thanks for the wonderful introduction, Aditya. Tell us about your journey of, of being this executive and serving in nonprofits and various communities. Well, first of all, I have to say to any engineer, what matters is building something that will change the world. And that's the dream I had when I was growing up. And what would I do? What kind of engineer would I be? That has evolved from the time that I was three years old to the time I went to college and, and even beyond that. So I've had multiple pivots. And believe it or not, when I was three or four year old, the story that my sister often tells me is how I would see some folks digging in the backyard and in, in, in working on the construction. And uh, I would aspire to be a civil engineer because just because our family was full of civil and mechanical engineers at that time. So I would say, you know, I want to do what these guys are doing. And uh, they would interpret, uh, this guy really wants to build bridges. That's, that's where uh, it, it started. And over a period of time, as I saw and interacted more with my uncles who were mechanical engineers, and uh, of course, all of them did very well in life, uh, went on to either found companies or to be executives at uh, big companies. They left a mark on me. And uh, again, we all trace back to somebody in the family. And uh, my grandfather was uh, one of the biggest civil engineering contractors out in undivided India. They all attribute that, uh, you know, engineering runs in our genes. But as I grew up, I saw from mechanical interests to uh, electronics and computer science. So my uh, interests have evolved because a, I saw the trend in the market. And uh, while I got admitted into mechanical engineering right after graduation, within 15 days, I transferred myself out into communication and electronics engineering. Because that was the hardest field. And I could have gotten into the computer science branch as well. But at that time, in that, that year, uh, it was not that hot. Uh, computer science was an emerging domain. There were not enough computer engineers and you know, a lot of 
emphasis was on a triple degree called electrical electronics and communications. You have multiple skills and ultimately you'll find a uh, find job uh, at least in one of the three domains. I graduated as a telecom engineer and uh, did my work uh, for a couple of years in uh, telecom engineering. But more about that in a bit, because that, that job not only taught me uh, engineering, but also about organization. I'll take a pause here and see if you have any follow-on questions here. I think I'm enjoying the story. What I really liked about your story is how you had this passion to build products that will change the world. And you had this, you know, when you were three to four years old, you saw those construction guys and you wanted to build something. Those, those were the early days. And today, in, in my profession, I basically want to get into IT. Whether you are a civil engineer, whether you are an electronics engineer, whether you are a computer engineer, or whether you don't even have an engineering degree, you're ultimately doing the same kind of work. The degree of work depends on the passion with which you can learn new technologies, unlearn them, and then acquire newer skills. That's the big message. If at all, there are aspiring young engineers out there who want to progress in their careers who are listening to this, I would say the biggest asset out there is your ability to learn quickly, adapt, and evolve, and keep making progress. And of course, engineers want to build something that changes the world. Yeah, I think that's, it sounds like that's really the foundation of your growth is that desire to build something. What are some of the challenges that you faced you know, when you are moving up your career ladder from an engineer to someone who is influencing how these technology products are going to evolve? Interesting question. As I said, I was alluding to earlier, my foundation was laid in the very first company that I joined. Right out of college when I graduated, my dream was to be an R&D engineer. I wanted to do research and development kind of thing. Once again, with the same mindset, but something new, something different. And uh, uh, while I was going through the campus interviews, my managing director of the company, the guy who was hiring, he offered me a position, says, we'll hire you into product management. What is it? I don't know what is product management. Don't worry, you'll be hired into a management training position in the product management division, and then uh, you'll, you'll get the exposure. And then... I'll rotate you in every department of the company. And after that, you can choose which one you like. Or if you don't like what you choose, you can get back to what I feel would be appropriate for you. That's a deal. I'm, I mean, in, in the batch of 25 management folks, they were called management trainees, all from engineering schools across India. And they are being taken into... Tata's well-known brand, branded company in India. And uh, I thought I was joining a big Bimoth uh, Tata group. But in a sense, I was joining a small company, a 250-person company, Tata Telecom, which specialized in the telecom field. Great exposure I got there. And you know, by virtue of uh, that experience, I again have to say that I was the only person out of those 25 hires that year that got exposed to every division of the company two months in uh, R&D, two months in production, two months in purchasing and engineering and logistics. And at the end of the time, I was given the opportunity to shadow the CEO of the company for wow. uh, six months where I was yearning to do an engineering job. And I would say, hey, how did I fall into this trap? And actually, it so happened that the 
executive assistant of the CEO was going on maternity leave and they couldn't find anybody short notice. There was some, some kind of ailment that that person was going. And so I was asked to fill in and till the time they found the right person. And I said, I'm an engineer. How could I just be going to meetings? And uh, guess what? That was the best experience I could have ever asked for because I got to go and sit in those meetings where senior executives of advertising companies would come and pitch how our communication campaign would look like. And I was asked for my opinion in those meetings. I was asked to sit on the meetings conducted by the CFO and listen to the, the financials and work with the finance director. I'm, again, I'm seeing from a distance. I don't have an accountability for it. My only accountability is to assist the CEO. And uh, when I would uh, lament that, you know, I'm not doing my engineering job, hey, after 5 p.m., you're free to practice what your other colleagues are doing. And I would take them home, my manuals, and sometimes sit two to three hours extra in the office, in the manufacturing plant, work on the programming aspects of the EPABX system that we use to manufacture. It was an experience that I can never forget. And I owe a lot of my initial successes uh, to that experience. Wow. That's amazing experience being an engineer and asked to shadow a CEO. That's like a dream come true for many engineers. And I want to ask you, I have many questions on my plate, but I'm so curious about this. Why did they pick you? Very good question, actually. You know, when the campus interview was happening back in, again, 30 years year ago, they came to my campus and uh, the general manager of HR pitched and uh, after two, three rounds of interviews, I was asked to come to the Delhi headquarters. I graduated from Delhi. They held the interviews in their uh, Delhi headquarters. They had selected five people from my company, uh, sorry, my, my college for the final interviews. And uh, I think uh, then it was the final interview with the CEO that uh, uh, I got to meet him for the first time. Somehow something clicked, it must have clicked because he asked me to, tell me about my experience. And again, a fresh graduate has no experience. And uh, the question I still remember, what do you know about communication? Because it was a telecom company. And uh, I took maybe about uh, 180 seconds total to respond to that question. And I think that that in hindsight, that's, that must have uh, stick, stuck with him because he said, so would you consider if I if I offer to take you with me to Gandhinagar, which is in Gujarat. I said, well, I'm from Delhi. I live in Delhi and I've spent all my 21 years in Delhi. Why wouldn't I live here? Plus, what's the advantage? That Piyush, one thing I have to tell you, you will not regret leaving your home because you never stayed in a hostel and you will get the experience that you can never get anywhere else. And God bless his soul, he's no longer there, but if he's listening from up heaven, I'm sure he would be blessing me here because I absolutely loved the experience and uh, I never for once regretted moving out of home because the experience I got, the connections I made, the kind of work that I was able to do, so much so that you know I'm still in touch with many of the colleagues in that uh, company. The company may not exist by that name anymore, but 
I'm still in touch with some of those and folks, and many of those have gone on to become CEOs of uh, different entities in, in the world today. That is such an incredible story. And you also speak about your mentors, the importance of having mentors. And it's like this gentleman who has interviewed that day has, has given you such an opportunity and you made the most out of it. And now you're giving back to many organizations as well. So if you, and many engineers think that they can do everything by themselves, right? Because as engineers, we were taught that, you know, you have to have solutions for every problem. So if you can spend a few minutes to talk about how they have changed your life and why should I do I have to come to one question that you asked previously as well. How, what challenges, but let me first tell you that. Please. You know, as an engineer, if thought is to build everything, when I put my business hat on, and I always think from the perspective of what benefit is this going to create and at what cost, I always look at the value created. And from that perspective, it's not how much in that, how much will I build, but how will I be able to justify the value of my product or offering to the end customer? That's key to me. With that in mind, I have always strived to make sure I ask for help when needed and I ask for opinions from my customers and feedback. And I also have learned to put my ego aside. And because a lot of times engineers think like, no, they know it. And I have worked with architects and engineers on, on IT projects where somebody with 30 years of experience would say, no, this is the way it has to be done. But in, in hindsight, if I'm managing the financials of the uh, entire product launch, I know that unless I have an inbuilt mechanism to get the feedback of the customer earlier on and iterate on the product and iterate on the product of the offering service, I will not be able to launch a perfect product. If you are waiting for a product to perfect before launching, you're already too late. And that's the lesson in entrepreneurship I learned from some other mentors in the Silicon Valley various organizations that I've been involved with. I come in across a lot of folks. But going again back to the question was the challenges from an engineer to an executive. Again, very first bottleneck is from an engineer mindset to a manager mindset. And then the manager mindset to an executive, there comes one thing which doesn't get talked about, which is the leader mindset. And I tell you, you can be a leader even when you are an engineer. You don't need to be given an official title to lead. The biggest challenge was when you know, I know the technical stuff, but not enough. I'm not in touch with the latest things. And I know that the latest youngsters from the college graduating have a lot better experience coding skills than me. Then I have to admit it and say, okay, why don't we let them do bulk of the coding and while I design the aspects of the functionality of the product, whether it is in software or whether it's in hardware, it applies the same. Because in my experience, and again, going back to my experience, early experiences, it was a combination of hardware, telecom hardware that we had, operating system that we had on top of it, and then we used to write software in a different operating system on Windows machines, and then we sometimes used to integrate that with the assembly line uh, written in a different assembler as well. And then we package it together as an overall product 
that goes out of the telecom product which customers pay for. Those were the days, right? All along, you've got to see what, how you adapt yourself for the engineers out there who are looking to make their managerial transition. You've got to first start having, showing leadership abilities whereby somebody would recognize you to be a leader and, and give you opportunities. Then if they promote you to a manager, you've got to think from the perspective of your team and you, you've got to act more like a coach rather than uh, somebody who's having stick in their hand and always beating. That, unless you adapt to that in today's modern world, it won't be worthwhile to transition from an engineering position to a manager position and then ultimately you become an executive. Uh, those are such a powerful learnings, Yush, and if I can point out a few things, which is you know, letting go of your ego that you know everything and being a coach to your team instead of trying to whip them with the stick and learning all those leadership skills and thinking from the perspective of your customer. That, that was beautifully said. And because you're talking about this topic, I want to ask you a little uncomfortable question. Many perce- the perception of many engineers, especially from Indian origin, is that I'm from India. You know, I can't go beyond engineering, right? You know, engineering is my safe zone. What advice you have for them who limit themselves to engineering positions, thinking they can't become an example? The glass ceiling that used to be there for Indians, actually, when they used to come from India to US uh, was that they're good in engineering and they will be good only in those roles. But you look around, you know, that used to be the mindset 30, maybe 40 years ago. In the last 10 years, the engineers have really become the CEOs of companies and specifically engineers of Indian origin. You take Microsoft, you take Google, you take Adobe. Many, many examples out there. Those are in, the CEO positions are held by folks who once were engineers, either from IITs or even non IITs, but having a solid background and education in engineering helped them in understanding the perspective of who's building those products and having, having empathy for the end consumer is always important. And you meld the two. And, and it takes you forward. Great tips. And, and if you have the perception of a glass scene, you probably won't be able to ever move forward. And you are a living example of that. And you're an executive in the Silicon Valley doing some amazing things. And if anyone has to follow you, is there a social media handle or anything that so people can follow you somewhere? Yeah. So I'm on Twitter, of course. Pimalik1 is my handle on Twitter. And of course, I'm fairly active on LinkedIn as well. I don't do Facebook or Insta for that matter. But uh, yeah, uh, it's important to express yourself in social media. But there's one point that I still feel I need to get across to the young engineers out there. Please. The grass, glass ceiling no longer exists. It's, it's just your abilities that shine up. And especially in the United States, it's meritocracy. There's no 
nepotism or uh, yes of course we always love referrals and we always look for somebody who we have worked with but ultimately it's the work ethic ultimately it's the skills and how you're able to translate that into a successful product that matters with with that i would say the glass ceiling is only in your imagination you need to see some examples of some of the very early successful entrepreneurs who have gone on to become from engineering vps to ceos of companies and raise money in the stock market and there are examples in our thai ecosystem in this entrepreneurs uh, who i am connected with in the valley as well and they are living and breathing examples of now how after having achieved and broken the, that ceiling they are helping others other entrepreneurs by be, becoming angels by becoming venture capitalists that's something which capitalist country and uh, it should jive with your internal thinking as well that people do i i believe in a different kind of entrepreneurship uh, called social entrepreneurship where you build enterprises for the benefit of the larger masses and you build products but you run it in a very professional manner uh, you run every division of the company in a manner that that social enterprise in a manner that you do it with ethics you do it with integrity and you do it with full passion and once you bring all of that together i think success is yours that's fantastic Piyush, and I want to end with one final question. You also alluded to how engineers are jump into getting those titles, manager, executives, right? And, and what's the what's the cost of that? And what what would you? Yeah. So this is something which uh, I came across when uh, in one of my roles at IBM, I was asked to build a team of uh, engineers slash uh, delivery folks. who would uh, go and serve as a client so from the consulting background that i have in in that company ibm global services uh, we started global delivery centers in india china and brazil and uh, having worked in silicon valley for the last 25 years i've seen a stark difference between the mindset of engineers here in us versus the engineers in uh, india in india if somebody doesn't get the title of a manager within 5 years 3 to 5 years of uh, graduation he starts to feel a bit uncomfortable and uh, slash back to my past uh, t- about 10 15 years ago when i was building this team out in india and uh, one thing which i would during the interviews always find is you know they were always looking for bigger titles than what i would expect somebody out here in the silicon valley and they would want of course salvi had to be there but it's the titles and sometimes i feel that if you don't give emphasis to building your solid foundation of technical skills and experiences you looking out only for growth in terms of title you become shallow and this is this is something which is con- confirmed by a theory which uh, in IBM it's corroborated by a Stanford theory as well that you need to build T-shaped individuals T-shaped individuals are wide in their experiences but deep in at least one segment where they can talk from the CEO level down to the operator level and in between whether it is the director level whether it is the VP level whether it is 
the manager level, they are able to communicate at all levels. And by having that breadth of experience in multiple domains and depth in one function, they are really ready for the future. And that's the career guidance, actually, when I mentor some of these students, I go and give talks at colleges. This is a message very difficult, used to be very difficult to give earlier, but now I'm seeing mindset change and people, uh, the students of today, realize the value of how they've got to build their career from engineer, early stage engineer, to a mid-career manager, to an executive, unless you have built on basis of those multiple experiences, unless you have built those without actually you know, hanging after titles by virtue of doing your work with passion, with integrity, by virtue of dealing with your, your emotions at work properly and channelizing your energy in the proper manner, uh, you are really in, in, a, in a control of your career. So, Piyush, any final words before, before we end our session? Final words, follow your passion. Everybody says that. But do the best you can be in your profession. Engineering is not a bad profession. Some of the richest people in the Silicon Valley have been engineers. And yes, you need to have the ability to recognize and, and give credit to people around you to be a human being first and a good human being rather than take the credit yourself. And again, demonstrate leadership abilities from whatever position you are. Demonstrate leadership, take risks, appropriate risks, and take, take uh, into account what is the benefit you are providing, whether it is a service you are offering, whether your product you are building, how will it benefit the user of that product? How will it change the world in such a way that are you doing something different than what you did yesterday in such a manner that you are going to make your tomorrow better? Always think on that. Thank you so much, Piyush. And I'm, I'm super, I feel super inspired after listening to you speak. And I'm sure there are many more engineers who feel inspired after watching, uh, hearing to this um, podcast. Thank you again for being with us today. Thank you for having me, Aditya. Thank you for listening to my podcast. Hopefully, you learned some important nuggets to uncover the rock star from inside of you. If you have any questions, you can reach me on my email at aditya at whoweare.io. It's A-D-I-T-Y-A at whoweare.io.